0: Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. The book we're covering today goes deep on the queer BDSM scene. And not just like your usual vanilla ball gag type stuff, but like the book opens in a dungeon with our main character getting consensually waterboarded. The novel is called X by Davey Davis, and it's this fascinating dystopian queer noir mystery book. And a few weeks ago, Davis talked to Anna Sale, who was guest hosting the NPR podcast It's Been a Minute. And we're just going to play you a bit of that interview where, you know, they talk about the sexual politics of pain.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor Acorn TV. Acorn TV isn't just good. It's brilliant. With exceptional television from around the world. Their romances are more charming. Their mysteries cozier. Their noirs more gripping. And their comedies cleverer. More clever? Oh, you get it. ACORN TV is brilliant stories told brilliantly. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. So, in a nutshell, ACORN TV. Brilliant. A listen.
0: You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Anna Sale. This next conversation is with the author of a new novel. It's a noir quasi-mystery set in the Brooklyn BDSM scene. A warning, this conversation might not be suitable for all listeners. It contains a frank discussion about sex, including kink, domination, and sex acts that involve some violence. We're talking about a book called X.
1: X is about a person named Lee who lives in New York. They are a lifestyle sadist, so they're into SM. And a chance encounter with a mysterious person named X kind of takes them on this treasure hunt. That's Davy
0: Davis, the author of X. This treasure hunt isn't as fun as it sounds. Lee has to find X before the government moves her out of the country. In the world of the book, sex workers, trans people, and immigrants in the scene all live under
1: that threat. They're trying to find them again before they are exported because the U.S. government is in the process of exporting undesirable people.
0: So this is a dystopian novel about freedom and rights in America, and pleasure and sex. All things we've been talking about a lot lately, as the country has digested the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v.ersus Wade. But this story reframes those tensions and locates them not in courts or abortion clinics, but in queer clubs and BDSM dungeons. Come with Davey and me there. I talked to Davey about the romance of sadism, bureaucracy as a tool of oppression, and why their protagonist needs a good therapist. Enjoy. In your mind, when was this happening? When is this book unfolding?
1: I I think of it as kind of, honestly, just like an alternate version of right now. I was actually inspired that the exporting thing was something that I came across while reading Christopher Isherwood writing about the Weimar, uh, like the kind of queer underground culture of the Weimar Republic in Germany. Hmm. So there is definitely like a precedent for encouraging undesirable populations to leave, which is what, what the German government was doing at the beginning of its extermination Hmm. program. So I I just lifted that from that kind of context. And to me, what I'm really interested in is parallel routes of government austerity and uh, oppression and how those can kind of look different at any given time. Hmm. And it's kind of amazing how quickly these things can change, as I think all of us are thinking about after uh, last week. You mean the overturning... Roe versus Wade. We're, we're yes. speaking the week after yeah. that court decision came out.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about the fun aspects of kink. Y- you have called this book your love letter to sadists. And <laughs> I. why did you want to write a love letter to sadists? What did you want to describe and
1: celebrate about what happens in these interactions? I love that question. I'm glad you noticed that. First of all, because I think that when we're talking about like the pathologization of I, what people mostly now call BDSM, I I feel like the focus is more on the masochist, right? Like no one can really understand why they would want to do something that is scary and painful and challenging to their body, even though no one questions why someone would want to give birth or climb a mountain, right? <laughs> Those are all kind of... they They hit a lot of the same marks for people. No one really spends too much time thinking about the sadist because somebody who hurts people is already criminalized, already deviant. And, you know, obviously I'm not a person who thinks that that's the case for uh, consensual interactions between people who are looking for an intense experience, um, an erotic experience, a romantic experience. I think sadists are very romantic.
0: Tell me more about that.
1: (laughs) Well, what is romance? Romance. Romance is a big, glamorous, sweeping, sexy feeling that you're sharing with another person, and and it is very romantic to like love somebody or be so attracted to somebody that you'll go to this limit with them, you know. It, and it's it's kind of like, you know, when you see a kitten and it's so cute and you just want to squeeze it and you could just eat it and put it in your mouth. Ah, like it to me, it's like a on that kind of wavelength. You know what I mean? You're like, ah, you're just so sexy. I want to kind of destroy you, but not really, but maybe.
0: Along with the eroticism of pain, I was struck how much there was stuffing away of feelings in the novel. Mm. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of cutting off, blocking people on phones, um, being done with a relationship and ghosting. Um, and I wonder if you think of that as somehow like the other side of the pain spectrum like i don't i don't want to feel mm. this anymore i'm cutting this off i'm numbing this um,
1: mm.
0: because i it was alongside such extreme sensation,
1: yeah, well, I think looked at a certain way it's the same thing, you know like high intensity sensation can be numbing, it can be an escape it can be turning off and checking out. And the thing about SM, everybody in the community is like communication first. It is all about talking. It is all about getting inside the other person's head. It's about being real with people. It's about um, really honestly evaluating and talking about the risks that you're taking, because it is risky. It can be really dangerous. You're taking part in that on purpose. You know, we say that, that's the ideal, but not everybody is a great communicator. I know I definitely haven't been and I probably will continue to not be the world's best communicator. And so to me, there is an element of hypocrisy there with somebody, right? Where we're supposed to have this like extremely raw, extremely straightforward exchange with each other. But at the same time, if if I get overwhelmed, I might just block you and not talk to you. <laughs> and the internet and phones, right? That makes that so easy for us to not have that actual Human to human encounter, so I was kind of having fun playing with the contrast between those two things.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of bold because to make such a sort of intimate um, portrayal of this of, of of a scene that you the, that's part of your life, and then to also kind of play with its hypocrisies and the parts of it that aren't always behaving the way in which they aspire
1: to behave—it's bold. I well that's good. <laughs> I hope so. I mean there's a lot of pressure in any subculture right to be um the good ones or the ones who are the most normal or the ones that who can assimilate or a good good um a good example. And I'm really against that. I'm really against being like the example that straight people or People more normative people are pointing to and they're like, okay, this is the good one. This is the salvageable one. It's the, it's the bad ones. It's the pervert ones. Those are the ones that are the problem. Like anytime you fall into that line of discourse, you've already lost, right? You're conceding to the other side. Um, and I don't think that that makes sense as um, any kind of strategy for building power and liberation for, for erotic and sexual freedom.
0: Mm. So unlikable characters are a political statement.
1: Yeah, and it's not art if it's one-dimensional or if it could easily become, you know, a press release. That's not interesting, and it's not real. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks again to Davy Davis. Their book X is out now. They also run a weekly newsletter and mutual aid fundraiser at itsdavid.substack.com. The NPR app cuts through the noise, bringing
1: you local, national, and global coverage. No paywalls, no profits, no nonsense. Download it in your app store today. Climate change fuels hurricanes. China promises to stop. The big lie persists. Butterflies have hearts. Singers die. Plumbers win.
0: Nurses persevere. Your world speaks. We listen. NPR NPR podcasts. podcasts. More More voices, all ears.
1: Find NPR wherever you get your podcasts.
0: What's happening on NPR Podcasts? Money, power, power. tacos, white collar crime, green parties, black reparations, more of the perspectives that make your world a more vibrant place. NPR Podcasts, more voices, all ears. Find NPR wherever you get your podcasts.